What's going on? Uh, it's me once again, Max Lit. This is the It Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo uh, brought to you by myself, Max Lit, of course. <laughs> you know, um, today's been a good day, man. Um, got some work done. Uh, was able to record some content for the episode that is going to appear right before this. Um, this is uh, right now we're recording episode four. Uh recorded episode three or what I hope to be episode three earlier today. So while I'm on a, a little bit of a roll, <laughs> I figured I would jump in. Uh, I told y'all, it's, you know, it's, it's not that I haven't been doing stuff. Like I haven't, it's not like I haven't been recording content. It's just that, um, like I said in the last podcast, if uh, anyone uh, listening to this one, listen to the last one, um, it's just been so much stuff going on, you know, so I took the time to touch on a few topics uh, that's been, you know, we've all been watching go around or go on around us uh, lately uh, with COVID and then, you know, the protests on the police shootings, police brutality. Um, it's a lot, a lot happening. But there's always other topics that I'm, I'm bouncing around my brain and I might record a couple of minutes of, of content while the, 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 the ideas are still fresh in my mind. And um, one of the things that I was um, watching, and if uh, anyone has heard any of the podcasts previously, um, it's usually based on something, you know, that I'm, that I'm watching or that I've watched. Um, and this podcast is, is no different. Um, the last podcast really didn't talk about too much about what I've been watching um, this podcast will talk about a documentary that I watched. Um, many of you know my background. I, I grew up in New York City, uh, in Queens, and um, I was watching the documentary about uh, Dow Strawberry and Dwight Gooden. Uh, the documentary is on ESPN. It's called Doc and Daryl, and it talks about you know uh, if you're familiar with. Uh, Dwight Gooden and, and, and Dow Strawberry, they were superstars for the New York Mets uh, in the early 80s. Um, as a kid, I watched them win, <laughs> even though I was six years old. I didn't watch them win, but I was, I was, I was six years old when uh, the Mets won the World Series in 1986. And so um, I've always, you know, followed Dow Strawberry and, and Dwight Gooden. And um, I watched, you know, a lot of the things that they went through. Um, I watched them both play for uh, my actual favorite team, even though the Mets are in Queens where I grew up. Uh, my favorite team has always been the Yankees, and I watched them, you know, get to the Yankees. And I think um, – I'm not sure, uh, but I think both of them actually won a World Series with the Yankees. I'm not 100% sure. But I know they had some great times uh, later in their career um, as Yankees. Uh, and, and, and that's why I re remember them – more on their tail end of their career and a lot of the things that they went through with drugs and alcohol. But one thing that stood out to me while I watched that documentary is um, a lot of what they experienced, it was due to the way that they were coping with depression. And um, I know years ago, maybe as a, a teenager who didn't really know a whole lot, but thought he knew everything, right? You would see celebrities, you would see athletes, and um, 
they would, you know, be on the news, something they did, you know, maybe they got arrested or whatever like that. And I would always be like, wow, you know, why are these people with all of this money? Why do, why do they stay in trouble? And um, as you as you grow up and you realize life, <laughs> regardless of how much money you have, uh, it's, it's really not easy for a lot of people, um, especially people like some baseball players, especially back in the day, not necessarily baseball players, but but athletes, you know, um, a lot of these athletes, even now, um, they, they came from really rough backgrounds. You know what I mean? And so without knowing where these people came from or, you know, what kind of lifestyles their family lived or they lived before they became famous, you know, we don't know what these individuals are dealing with. And so this documentary really harped on a lot of the mental uh, uh, problems that they were both going through battling depression at certain times in their lives in, in, in the way they went about coping uh, with drugs and alcohol and how it, you know, for, for, for Dow Strawberry, it took him down a, a couple of dark paths many times. And, and it looks like through this documentary, I haven't uh, followed up as far as looking up to see what, what he's doing now, but it, look, it seems like he's doing okay. Um, Dwight Gooden, you know, Doc Gooden, as we knew him, um, it's kind of hard to say how he's doing because, uh, you know, he seemed to be doing better than he had been doing the last time uh, Dow had seen him. But it does it didn't seem to me that he was doing OK. It seemed like he was still battling some of those um, things that he had been going through pretty much his whole career, even afterward. Um, but what made me want to uh, do a podcast about it is especially you know, when I first saw it, I think it was early on during COVID and I had gotten uh, let go from my job shortly before uh, COVID actually really hit. Um, and I just was thinking about, you know, the, the, these individuals and, and a lot of other individuals that I know who aren't famous, who aren't wealthy, you know, and they battle depression. And for for a little while, um I had to recognize my own battles with depression and, and, and I'll admit, uh, my, my personal battles with depression as, as, you know, recent events go, um, in comparison to other people that I know that also ba battle depression, um, it's, 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 it's nothing like they experience. Um, so I don't want to, I guess what I'm trying to say is I learned, <laughs> Cause I was going to say, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, da, 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 da. but I think what I'm trying to say is that I've learned from my own experiences and other people's experiences. And then in watching documentaries like this about famous individuals who also battle depression is that there are levels to um, certain people's depression and, and, and the things that they experience and, and how they decide to cope with them. Um, I know with me personally, um, it's kind of a familiar story. Uh, that some of these athletes and, and famous people and probably regular people like myself that you may know um, the quickest thing, you know, that I would would turn to uh, when I when, and I had to recognize that that was that's what was going on was alcohol. And, um, you know, we could sit here and, and, and talk about a number of different things regarding alcohol and regarding drugs and things like that. I really don't want to go down that path. Um because in some areas, I'm really not qualified to speak 
you know, in, in that regard. But I can speak from my own personal experience that, you know, not realizing what's happening and not realizing, you know, that there's there's a there's a thing that what you're feeling is called, <laughs> you know, um, not realizing that while you're trying to cope with it <laughs> is is a weird experience. I'll just say that. And I'm pretty sure there's a there's a lot of people that can relate to that um, feeling. And then there's a lot of people who know that they suffer from depression and they battle it daily. You know, um, there are for some people no good days or those days are very far in between. And um, I'm looking at my work board here and it looks I had posted some stuff trying to give myself ideas or reasons why or points that I wanted to bring out in this podcast. And one of the points that I had wrote down was depression. What is it? And the fact that it was based on this documentary um, as I have. Um, the last few months, you know, got, had a lot of things working and, and was playing around with some ideas. The more and more I thought about that, um, the, the more different little nuances that I was, you know, thinking about, about, you know, a lot of people look at mental health issues as not a real thing, you know, cause it's, it's mental. They say it's all in your mind. Um, but yet and still you see people every day battling anxiety, battling depression, um, extreme cases of anxiety and, and depression. Um, I've had friends who suffered and I have friends now who suffer from anxiety that um, I don't know if I had ever experienced anxiety to that effect. Um, and if I did, I didn't know what it was. You know, the first time I had a panic attack. I didn't know what was happening because I had seen other people, people that I was close to have panic attacks. And what I was feeling was nothing like that. Um, but then I spoke to someone uh, who I think was either a therapist or had also experienced um, anxiety. And they said, yeah, that's what that was. It's, it's not as 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 strong or it was probably a mild panic attack. And so a lot of people will equate that to being it's just it's something you can control it's something that you know it's up to you to 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 not be depressed today or to not experience anxiety and not that i didn't know this before but i've definitely learned from my own experiences that you know definitely not it's not something that you can choose to not let yourself feel um and so i was thinking about depression in the midst of this covid 19 pandemic that we have been going through since at least, you know, mid-March. Um, and with people, you know, the stay-at-home orders and, and and not being able to do things that we normally would do that would generally bring us joy, right? Like for a period of time, you couldn't just go to the park. I remember I had bought a bike because uh, I wanted to be more active. And uh, the, the park that I would ride from my apartment to um, I rolled up on there one day and it said park close. And I was like, oh shoot, you know? And so I didn't think anything of it because COVID was still kind of new. So we were still getting used to, um, how that would affect our daily routines. And, um, I think I came home that day and the news was on and it just, you know, the local news is saying how 
you know, all parks and places where you would generally meet publicly are going to be closed uh, indefinitely in some cases. So um, I didn't experience, you know, cabin fever, <laughs> as it were, um, because and, and I hate to say, you know, in certain places, it the, the pandemic, you know, people aren't taking it as seriously. And I admit I was one of those people that in the very beginning, mainly because I wasn't really informed on what was going on with COVID. Um, you know, I was going to my parents' house and, you know, on the bike outside, going to the store um, and kind of just doing the same things I was doing every day. I didn't, I don't really hang out, you know, so I didn't really miss that facet of, you know, life that a lot of people miss because they, they tend to venture out and go to restaurants and go to bars and stuff like that a little more frequently. And so, um, I didn't experience that, that, you know, feeling of, you know, missing something, a part of my life is missing because I can't do certain things. What I did experience was, um, I just fell into this routine because I wasn't working. Um, it was just, it, it's hard to explain. Um, but there were a lot of days where I just didn't feel like myself. Um, and th there was tons of things that I should have been doing because now you know, I have all this time on my hands and, um, you know, I'm not working and I figured, you know, you know, I complained for the last three years, man, I can't get nothing done. Cause I'm always at work and now I'm not at work and I still wasn't getting anything done. Um, and it, it that lasted probably, I would say, <laughs> you know, the summer, a lot of us lost the summer because, you know, we can't, we couldn't travel to do things. And, and, and I was starting to realize that my summer was me doing a lot of things, hanging out as much as you could possibly hang out during that time period, even now, um, drinking, uh, just trying to have fun because there was something that was inside of me that wasn't right. And I didn't realize I was trying to gloss over it uh, with alcohol and, and, and just not really uh, being focused on my own, the things I had to do, like the podcast, you know, like writing, uh, trying to work on another book um, or, you know, riding a bike. <laughs> I got to a point where I was like, I want to make sure I get on a bike and do once I work myself up to riding 10 miles, I'm doing 10 miles or better consistently. Um, then there was a couple of days where I was just like, yo, I'm not getting up. And so you know, by the time I did get myself together, it was maybe two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm headed to the liquor store, you know, uh, and 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 I don't want anyone to think that this is, oh, my <laughs> my moment of transparency. And I'm talking about my issues. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relating my personal experiences because these particular this particular documentary really touched not just, you know, a part of me that knew these guys from a fan's point of view. And you watch their story and, and, it, and it's just to, to watch it and listen to them tell the story. You know, you, 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 you can get the media's version of it from the newspapers back then and from the local news, whatever like that. But to see them tell their story and it be as, you know, tragic and, 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 and just sad, 
just as tragic and sad as we thought it was, it was, you know, now that they look at it or even when it was going through it, it was just as tragic and just as sad. Um, it's like, you know, it's like realizing that the questions that you didn't have answers for, you now have some clarity into what some of those answers are, right? Um, and one of the things that stood out was a lot of the people who were criticizing them, right? They saw two black men who came from nothing, got all this money. Next thing you know is women, drugs, and alcohol. And that's not what happened. That's not what happened. And there was no way for anyone to know what happened until they decided to tell the story. Like Daryl Strawberry mentioned very early on in his career. You know, he comes from Compton, I think. And, you know, that's Los Angeles. But the Compton area back then, at least from what he was saying, was, you know, not what Compton is today or not what Los Angeles is today. So he goes to, to, to college, plays ball, gets drafted by the Mets. He didn't even know where New York was. He says that. He said, you know, when I heard I got drafted by the New York Mets, the first question I had was, where's New York? You know, so got this little kid basically, you know, thrust into the, 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 the life in this big city, New York City. And uh, he, he admitted, you know, in the beginning, he was homesick. You know, um, focused on his his career. But, you know, the more he tried to adjust to this new way of life, the, the crazier things got for him, you know. And he also mentioned what was really interesting was when he first, you know, was hanging out with the guys um, with the Mets, like after games and all of that stuff. He wasn't going out and getting women and, and getting drunk and all that stuff. It was the things that was 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 given to him you know like they will go to a party and there's a bunch of women that are there for them you know uh and it was it was like he he mentioned constantly these guys were going out and blowing off steam and this is what you know they did and so he just kind of just jumped in and the next thing you know it's it's women booze alcohol drugs hard drugs cocaine things like that and when you hear him tell a story you realize in the beginning, it was just him doing what, you know, hanging out. He was just doing what the rest of the guys did. He's a young guy. He might have been like 18, 19 years old. Um, then it became a routine. And then, you know, it starts becoming, oh, this, uh, this is what I'm going to do when I have a bad game. Or this is what I'm going to do when I'm, not, when I'm not feeling like myself. And so it just really spiraled out of control. The crazy thing was, what he mentioned was he... When he, when him and, 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 and Dwight Gooden were like really into it, there were days where they would both look at each other and be like, man, you know, you know it's getting kind of crazy. And so their way of dealing with how it got crazy was more of what they were doing, which, you know, that never helps a situation. And you only learn that, you know, when things go really bad. But the core of, of, of what these guys were dealing with was very high level depression for whatever reason. And, you know, that was never discussed until you heard from them what they what they're experiencing. And it wasn't like in the moment where things was, was going on. It was like years and years later when they're trying to get things back on track. So with the pandemic and people already suffering 
from depression and then you know people new newly or maybe not newly but just more intensely uh than maybe they were dealing with before suffering with depression and you i know at least i personally uh when i thought about my friends who were having a, a rough time with adjusting to the what was essentially becoming a new way of life right um just bear with me one moment my computer's giving me the business but you know uh, I was talking to another friend of mine who was just trying to figure out, you know, how to navigate, you know, their mental health. Um, and several other people as well. You know, we all struggle with certain things and we're trying to figure out why we're not able to handle it the way we were able to handle it before. And one of the things that I always said was that um, we're all experiencing Things that we've never experienced before, right? All of us, on top of whatever else we have going on. <laughs> so it's it's not like I know. Again, speaking from my own personal experiences, it's not like you know, you say you're working at a job, and your job is exciting and it's different every day. Like you literally never do the same thing uh, every day. Uh, when I worked at the airport, uh, there were certain tasks that we did every day, like answer the phone and, and deal with passengers or whatever like that. But there's certain phone calls that we would get that literally you, 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 you got some of the mundane tasks like flight times, things like that. But you could guarantee that yesterday is not going to be like today or today is not going to be like yesterday. In, in, in big key areas of what we had to do because you're dealing with different people going different places, having different questions uh, or, you know, a problem arises or something like that. So it's not like you it was something that we were dealing with just, hey, every day is different. It was like this is going to be the same. COVID's going to be the same for a very long time. These are new things that we're going to have to implement into our lifestyle on top of a lot of the things that we were used to doing. Now we no longer could do. And now. We can't do like we used to do um, safely. Uh, we see that with the way um, professional sports have restarted. And part of what they focused on was the mental health of the players. And first reaction, <laughs> you know, would be, well, you know, because some players were complaining about the accommodations and just about, you know, just being in that that bubble as it were uh that environment away from everyone their families you know for an extended period of time and there was a lot of people criticizing them for complaining you know they were saying you guys are are multi-million dollar athletes you know your life is great like what are you complaining about and no one took in, into consideration what these guys were actually doing in the bubble preparing to play games that Fans were not going to be at. And then the world is almost somewhat burning outside of the bubble. You know, um, the Breonna Taylor murder happened while they were in the bubble. Um, of course, the Jacob Blake shooting happened while they were in the bubble. So all these things were happening and they, 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 they staged a protest, you know, and of course that 
received a certain level of criticism as well, some rightfully so or understandably so. Um, but you know, no one really considered what these human beings were going through, being secluded basically from the world <laughs> as they tried to play a basketball game. Um, and I think as time went on and more people were sharing experiences of the things that they were experiencing in that bubble, um, mental health became a big issue. Uh, one of the players, um, I'm trying to remember their name, um, but he just basically mentioned, you know, this is something that none of us have ever had to do uh, or something that none of us did uh, to a certain extent since college, you know. Um, man, I wish I could remember which player that was because, of, oh, Paul George, he was thinking about leaving the bubble because he was like his mental health was being affected. And I know I remember him receiving a, a little bit of criticism as far as what I was able to uh, see. And I thought I was like, wow, that's crazy that, you know, he's basically saying that this environment is not healthy for him. And people are making it seem like he's just complaining about um, nonsense. So a, a lot of the views of what depression is, again, for me, changed in this this COVID-19 in a world that we find ourselves in. And now, and the reason why I felt like I, I wanted to speak on it is because I know a lot of people don't, you know, they suffer again, uh, depression to an extreme extent and they don't talk about it, uh, because they don't feel like anybody will understand or they, they've, you know, heard how people feel about it and, or, or make assumptions about, you know, what they're experiencing. And I think for a lot of people, uh, this COVID, uh, era as you know, we see today, um, a lot of people started dealing with new challenges, uh, as far as their mental health goes. I think a lot of people maybe didn't even recognize that they have or had some sort of mental health issues um, until, you know, they were forced to stay at home. Um, it was documented that a lot of relationships failed and thrived <laughs> in 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 that environment where you're around your 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 girlfriend boyfriend wife husband uh significant other partner you're around them more than you've been in a long long time and they said uh liquor sales skyrocketed you know because uh, liquor stores and, and grocery stores where you may be able to get wine and in some cases liquor as well. Um, those were the only places people could actually go and they were home a lot more. And so of course, you know, people trying to cope, that's a common coping mechanism, uh, that we, that some people decide to use in combating just difficult situations. Um, and it can, it leads to other problems in, in some cases as well. And, and, and it doesn't solve the issue that you're trying that, you, that again, from personal experience, it doesn't solve the issues that I was trying to resolve. Um, it just compounded them, uh, quite a bit. Um, and, and again, I'm going to probably say this a lot through, through this podcast. Um, it's aside from the fact that it's a whole new world that we're living in right now, you know, you it, it showed <laughs> the tendencies and political affiliations and, and in some cases, true colors of individuals when 
you find people criticizing or in in some cases violently resisting against wearing a mask you know and again for in the beginning i wasn't sure what wearing a mask or not wearing a mask how that would impact you know me going out to the grocery store things like that i just didn't know um but once i became aware you know now if i try my best to not leave you know i leave my mask in the car so that um you know i won't forget it at home uh, but there's a couple of times where i go into the gas station and, and i'm like oh man you know, i left my mask in the car but there are people who consciously say i'm not wearing a mask and i'm not going to debate um the whole mask wearing thing um you know i particularly believe that it's important for people that can because i know some people do have respiratory issues and wearing a mask is is not helpful for them and and they have to take different precautions you know but i look at it from a point of view of caring about the person next to you or in the social distancing <laughs> world that we're now in the person six feet away from you right it's a courtesy to them you know whether you believe whatever and, and a lot of people talk about it like it's a hoax and and i'm not again i'm not going to sit here and debate what it is and what it's not what i do know is that a person wearing a mask protects me to a certain degree and me wearing a mask protects them to a certain degree and i, I said all that to say people dealing with depression and mental health issues whatever the idea that wearing a mask has become now a political point <laughs> you look at um the news and you look at what politicians are saying about everything um including covid and i know it was disheartening because you know you hear one thing and then Donald Trump says another, <laughs> you know, you got people who are spitting on people, attacking them, you know, all sorts of things because they asked them to wear a mask in public. There's signs in the stores. And, you know, when I see that sign, if I don't have my mask in my hand, I'm running back to the car to get it. Um, you know, common courtesy, social distancing. A lot of people, you know, I, I don't know. If I'm just the only one who remembers this, but, you know, there's a six foot. If you stretch your arms out on average, there's a six foot circle. The length from, you know, up to your fingertip, your middle finger, your middle finger, fingertip. That's about a six foot area of what they call personal space. Right. Whenever anyone invades that little six foot area of my personal space, I always get uncomfortable. So the social distancing guidelines is, you know, for the safety of yourself and, you know, people around you, six feet of space between you and them. And every time I'm online in the store and someone's behind me and they're within that six feet of space, I get I get upset. Only because I'm just like, come on, you know, this is this is for our safety. And even if you don't believe it's a hoax like you know just respect the person that believes it to be true 
you know, listening to what people in the know are saying. And I guess, you know, in that case, maybe I'm asking too much. But, you know, it's, it's like when you deal with all of that and you're starting to see people for who they really are, the people that you may have been close to. Um, and now when it comes to voicing your opinion about something, it's an extreme now, you know. Um, there's There are some people who are purposely, when it comes to saying certain things about certain groups of people, um, or saying, Hey, it's my opinion. Damn it. I'm going to say what I want. You know, it's gotten to where either you're totally just going in on one side or maybe not going in at all on another, maybe not speaking on certain things because of the way, you know, we went from a period of time to where as, as I guess, we were evolving that way to where we were taking, you know, everything about people into consideration, you know, who they are, where they're from, uh, how they identify themselves, you know, sexual orientation, whatever. We were really evolving towards a society to where we were we were at least saying and, and trying to be inclusive, you know, and and. Uh, some of the work that I do speaks about equity for all, you know, we were evolving that way. And then, you know, Donald Trump became president and it's like people were starting to get more comfortable, you know, when Obama was in office about criticizing him and, you know, it could be hidden behind. No, I'm, I'm just, I care about this country, you know. And they would make up an excuse why they said a racist remark about Michelle Obama, or about his kids, their kids, or about Obama, you know? And then Trump came into office and then was like, oh, the gloves are off. We can say and do whatever we want to do. Um, and, it, and, it, and it made people choose hardline stances on both sides, you know? And it made it seem like not being racially oppressive you're holding your tongue or you're, 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 <laughs> it's your right to, to say something about someone that may be offensive because, you know, we live in a country where freedom of speech is, is not only allowed, it is, it is our right. And they're, and they're right. You know, we do live in a country where you can say and do whatever you want. That doesn't mean you can say and do whatever you want without consequences. And it doesn't mean that you can say and do whatever you want based upon what you think you know as opposed to what's facts you know and so um all of that it's like a lot of things compound right and then one day you find yourself just kind of wondering especially you know uh, i know one thing and i'm sure all of us can relate to is is early on and i still do it i the days run together you know and there was one point during the, this summer where I don't know how it's like, I felt like I lost four days, you know, cause I woke up one morning thinking it was Tuesday. And so I was doing things that I normally would do for some of the work that I do have been able to do and, 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 you know, given the opportunity to do after losing my job, um, doing those things. And, 
Next thing I realized, and it was late in the day when I realized it wasn't Tuesday, it was Friday. <laughs> and it wasn't like, oh man, I thought it was Tuesday. It's just Friday. So, you know, you know, mind fart. It was like, no, like I really couldn't figure out what happened to the last four days, you know? And I realized, wow, you know, a couple of those days, you just didn't really get out of bed until like three o'clock. And then you went to the store and you came back and then you ate and you was back in the bed at, at seven and then you woke up at one and you know it was coming like this crazy routine to where you know weeks were going by and 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 i was oblivious you know to most of that time and i i can't even imagine how that would be for someone who is experiencing depression on a very much a very uh, much more extreme level than than i was um, and then it, it brings you back to the documentary, you know, you, you just can't really know what a person is going through if they haven't said anything to you. Um, for, um, man, I, I, I lost my train of thought, but you know, they, they always say, man, check on your strong friend because you never know what they're going through. It's the same thing with these guys, you know, in this documentary, Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, um, no one, you know, they said at the beginning of the documentary, it was like, yo, nobody was, was, was with us except us when we were going through what we were going through, but everybody had an opinion. And, um, I feel like, especially now to where, um, the, the, the topic of conversation is COVID-19 and how it's affected all of us around the world. Um, but here in the United States, um, it's interesting. <laughs> so, I'm, again, from New York, uh, had big plans to travel a little bit this um, summer uh, because I hadn't had any time to do it otherwise. Not, you know, huge traveling, you know, but just, you know, maybe going back home to New York and hanging out, having fun. And that was shut down immediately. Um, and... While we were in the summer, like the months of May, June, July, August, you know, it felt like it was just 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 not flying by. It felt like it was creeping by, you know, except those moments where you're like, oh, man, a week went by. It didn't even seem like a week, but it didn't hit me how fast that summer went by until I'm sitting in my car and it's like 68 degrees at 11 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, wow, it's, it's fall. It's, it's coming. Wow, the summer just flew by. And a lot of people, you know, they didn't get to, to have a summer. You know, kids, man, it's rough. You know, they started um, trying to figure out how COVID-19 was going to affect the rest of the school year uh, in April and in May, March, April, May. And now they're they're back to school virtually learning some kids are actually physically going back to school um they didn't really have a summer you know what i'm saying i used to look forward to summer only because i'm like yo that's two months that we don't have to go to school i know we're gonna go somewhere <laughs> i don't know where but i know we're gonna go somewhere and i was just happy that it was the summer months and we wasn't going to school um and the the me and my partner cp uh, part of free upstate poetry. Uh, we did a, like a little bit, um, on 
what we do. And she brought up uh, the fact that kids, no one really talks about it, but um, kids' mental health uh, definitely took a toll. The, the, the COVID situation took a toll on them because kids thrive off of interacting with people, especially other kids. Uh, and that's, you know, when you go into school every day, you know, kids are used to a routine. And that's why, you know, they were encouraging parents who their kids were virtually learning to try to stick as close to uh, the routine as possible uh, because this is how kids develop. And, and, and it's interesting how that wasn't something that a lot of people talked about either, how the situation was affecting kids. Cause I guess a lot of people just figured, Oh, the kids are not going to school. The kids are great. You know, they're happy. You know, they don't have to go to school, but in a lot of cases that was not true. Um, a lot of kids were, you know, dealing with, with things. And, and we often forget about kids and, in in their mental health, unless it's an extreme situation, because we think kids are just kids. Like they're being kids. They don't have any responsibilities, but you know, being a kid these days is a lot different than being a kid was when I was little, <laughs> You know, saying especially school, you know, in the requirements and the obligations when things are somewhat normal, you know, uh, can be quite taxing on a young mind. And, um, you know, we often think that kids are just they're OK. And in a, in a lot of times, you know, they're humans just like us. They're learning and developing, <laughs> you know, so a lot of times. You know, the, 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 the mental toll things take on kids is, is, is extreme in some cases. And uh, it's, it's, I'm glad that CP had mentioned that in her piece. And I can't wait to get that up so you guys can hear it as well. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of times you, you, you look and, and, uh, and I hope, you know, some people who may have been experiencing some of the things that um, I brought up in this podcast, you know, um, just knowing that there are people that acknowledge, you know, what you're going through on a daily basis. You know, I hope that is 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 somewhat comforting uh, to those individuals, especially people that I know, my friends who suffer with my family members who suffer with depression. Um, you know, a lot of times I find myself when, when I'm when I'm trying to encourage my friends or just trying to, you know, be there for them. They just need to talk like they're there for me when I need to talk. Um, a beautiful thing my friends did for me um, was my, my roommate, Davlin Hill, amazing, amazing person um, in the midst of her own personal challenges. Uh, she seems to always be thinking about someone else. Um, and they did what they call a care circle where, you know, got some of your friends and, and in the virtual world, it's a little different. You know, we all got on a Zoom call and it was just, you know, talk from your friends um, that was really encouraging. And, and I, again, hopefully <laughs> everyone who was at that care call or circle, um, if you're listening, I really, really appreciated that. Um, because even though I felt like by that time, you know, I was doing a little bit better. Um, my roommate just, uh, dabbling, she really, you know, felt energy. She's really good on feeling the energy that a person has or is leaving in the space that they're in and she just was like you know i would really like to do this to just encourage you and just give you some good energy you know let us love on you a little bit and i was really hesitant at first and i had did a similar um uh 
session with um, a group of friends in Davlin uh, maybe a year or two ago, probably two years ago or a year and a half ago, something like that. Um, that helped me through a very difficult time then and um, really appreciated that. What both of those experiences helped me to appreciate is the work that we need to do as as individuals uh, for our for our for ourselves uh, to you know keep our own personal tabs on what's going on with our mental health personally. Um, it's very important. And it's an ongoing process. Um, it, it doesn't stop after one, you know, care call or, or one, you know, uh, session or, um, you know, it just with anything that is helping you develop into uh, a better person or just makes things a little bit easier for you uh, or c potentially can. Um, it's a continuous thing. And I learned that. Um very much so over the last few months um, because it, it just gets real easy to just be down in the dumps. And sometimes you really can't avoid it. And sometimes you just got to go through it. Like I, I talked to another friend of mine uh, who was experiencing some really tough times and, you know, was a little bit embarrassed that things were affecting uh, her the way that they were. And I told her, like I tell a lot of people, it's just like you got to embrace those feelings you got to let yourself feel those excuse me those feelings because i am was still working on it <laughs> a person that you know people would ask me hey how you doing and i it, it was just automatic i'm good i'm good and it, there were friends who um knew i wasn't good <laughs> and they knew what was going on and they would be like no seriously how you doing i was like no nah, i'm good you know and I always be like, it is what it is. Hence the name of the podcast. Um, <laughs> and it takes a friend who really cares about you to to call your bullshit, you know, and and just say, listen, I know you're not great. I know you're experiencing some things. I just want you to know that if you if you do want to talk about it, I'm here for you. And in some cases, I didn't even have to say anything. Just knowing that a particular person had said that. And was and I knew they were genuine, you know, um, you know, we all have. Or how should I say this? We we are all not blessed to have that friend that says, yo, call me anytime to talk. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning. If you need to talk, call me. And fortunately, <laughs> I haven't had to make the 3 a.m phone call to any of my friends but it, i appreciate the fact that you know they're 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 always available you know they, they will make time and i try to do the same thing um just knowing how a, a huge change in your life like um growing up not say I, I shouldn't say growing up as a young person I bounced around from job to job. I got let go from a couple of jobs because I just wasn't, you know, young. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like going to work today. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. You end up getting fired. And you, I always knew as a young person, I was a man, I don't, I'm, I'm not worried about a job. I can get another job. I'm not that concerned about it. That changes quite a bit the older you get. <laughs> and, you know, again, I complained a lot at my job, my last job, 
and I had been there would have been eight years in August. So I just missed eight years. Longest time I've ever been at a job by far. <laughs> and when I got let go, immediately it hit me. It was like, what are you going to do? You know, and then it's COVID. So it's not like, you know, customer service jobs. You can just, hey, it didn't work out at the airport. So I'm just going to go here because a lot of those jobs shut down, you know, or were downsized for a long time. And a lot of them still still are shut down or downsized. Um, you know, I, I really feel for a lot of people who work in the service industry and even friends of mine who were furloughed from their jobs in production. Um, fortunately, they were brought back, but they were brought back under completely different circumstances. And it, it, it wasn't it's like, you know, people in production, that's not set up for you to social distance while you work, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people had to make those tough decisions about going back to to work. A lot of people are making tough decisions about sending their kids to school. Um, a lot of people, you know, they didn't experience uh, losing their job. Um, but they're, they're working in an environment where they're around people. And now it's like, you know, you have to really be careful. Um, so the, the new COVID world that we're living in brings upon another level of just weight that individuals, you know, even those who don't suffer with depression, um, it's a, it's a weight added upon their shoulders because, uh, we, we, we have never dealt with anything like this before. Um, and like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, every day is different. Um, I just wanted to really just acknowledge that. And, you know, it was something that was, that I was, you know, just throwing back and forth for a little while, wanting to just, you know, talk about it. Um, and, and watching both of these guys, I mean, I have the, it playing in the background, um, and anyone who has gone through a lot of our sports figures, you know, in the, the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, they, a lot of them went through the same thing and a lot of them didn't make it. Um, you know, there are people who, um, have lost people during this epidemic, um, some to COVID, some to other things. Uh, in a lot of cases, it may not have been covid the, 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 the virus that people lost their lives, it might have been dealing with it, you know, coping with it, coping with the things that is going on around us. Um, while this is on top of that, um, it's, 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 it's really a, a interesting time. And, and a lot of people are struggling to adapt and adjust to a new way of life. Um, and, and it's not like, dealing with depression before the pandemic before COVID-19 was any easier <laughs> than it is now. You know, it's, 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 it's more than likely harder for a lot of people, um, dealing with that. And so, um, I just, when, when I see athletes and I see celebrities, um, or even people that you're close to that aren't athletes, celebrities, that aren't famous people, uh, the conversations about mental health and mental awareness, mental health awareness. Um, you know, sometimes it takes people that seem invincible to comment. Oh, yeah, you know, I, sh I struggle with mental health issues. You know, Kevin Love uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, when he 
and I think this was last year or the year before, when he came out and spoke about his personal challenges with mental illness, um, a lot of other people felt comfortable and, and they thanked him for starting the dialogue um, about mental health awareness and, and realizing. And this is something that, you know, uh, looking at the generation coming up and even the generation before that, um, you know, we always say, man, these kids ain't built like like us. You know, there's always something going on with these kids these days. They always got some issue or something like that. A lot of people feel that way. Um, again, like I said just a few minutes ago, the world is very different for kids now than when I was a kid. Um, and my parents used to say the same thing. You know, the world was different when we were kids, you know. And so now when you start saying that, you realize you don't get old. Um, but it is. It's like kids are, kids are smarter than we were, uh, for the most part, um, when, when I was a kid, but they process things differently too. Um, it's like, you know, because we were kids of the eighties, you know, then kids of the nineties running around playing football on a concrete street, sidewalk, basketball court, <laughs> you know, you get busted up, you get bruised up. It was nothing. You know, um, because kids aren't doing those things these days, you know, it's more of a, you know, their their hobbies take up more inside space. I'll say that, you know, is is, is more intellectual hobbies these days. Right. Because technology allows kids to do things that we didn't really get a chance to do as kids. So, yeah, they are different, you know. Um, and, and they're experiencing things that we didn't experience as kids, or, you know, maybe we did to a certain degree, but we didn't know what it was. Our parents didn't know what it was. So, you know, society dealt with it, whatever, however way they thought they were supposed to deal with it. And in a lot of cases, that was the wrong way to deal with a lot of things when it comes to mental illness. But, you know, kids also, <laughs> you know, we were little tragedies would happen every once in a while right and dave Chappelle said it best he says you know and his his point of view was a little different than the point that i'm going to make now his point of view was like you know kids don't know anything and it's not that you don't know anything because you're dumb basically was saying no he was saying you don't know anything you don't feel anything because and he he brought he brought up the challenger uh explosion when we were when we were kids the space shuttle explosion when we were kids and it was like, you know, at school, no one hesitated to show a classroom of kids the space shuttle launch because nothing bad had ever happened, you know? And then it exploded, and it's like, oh, my God, what did we just watch? Or the teachers were like, oh, my God, what did we just play for these kids? And whatever trauma anybody experienced from that event wasn't really talked about, you know? He said... Kids nowadays live in a world where the challenger blows up every single day. And I thought that was really insightful because it's like, and, and we, we, we're living in that world too. But kids are seeing these tragedies, you know, especially with the shootings of, of unarmed black men and women. Um, and they're seeing this happen in the midst of a pandemic that... A lot of people are going to grow up and this this is going to be something that they look back on and is like, oh, no, nah, you know, it's normal. 
you know, because they really didn't experience anything different. You know, hopefully this this situation changes and, and we can go back to some sort of normalcy. But the way it looks is more than likely not going to be that way. Like we're going to always live with this or other things that have us doing some of the things that we're doing now. And this is going to be normal to some people when they look back on this time in their life. Those are the kids. <laughs> right. And so who knows what um, things will come from this and, and how we will have to find different ways to either cope or to, to not either cope, but cope and or deal with the situation um, with our mental health as an important thing to be aware of and also intact. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, I, I, I think about kids these days and I, I feel really bad, you know. Um, in, in some cases, well, in a lot of cases, because, you know, you've got situations to where now education is different, you know, um, I didn't think about it immediately. Um, but I was wondering once we kind of, you know, gave some thought to what about the kids who live in rural areas who can't, um, get internet. And I'm like, yo, it's 2020. Like I knew, 10 years ago when I worked or, or more than 10 years ago when I almost worked for charter communications or spectrum as they call it now, uh, the cable company in the area. And they were telling us there's some areas where, you know, they don't have cable lines out there because it's too remote. And I'm like too remote. This is South Carolina. What's too remote for, for cable. And that was however long ago that was 10 or 15 years ago. And now I'm like, it's 2020 and there are still kids who, don't have access to the internet when they're home. And it's true. They, 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 there are kids who, you know, they have wireless for their phones or they have a great, their parents have a great data plan so they can, you know, check out Instagram or whatever like that. But if they have to have, you know, a computer, they, they don't have access to it. It's, 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 it's amazing how in this, this time where, you know, we, we look at, Zoom calls, video conferencing, and, and a lot of times, I know me, sometimes I'm like, oh, God, another Zoom call. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you wouldn't have thought a year ago that if someone said, you know what, you know what you're going to be doing next year? Working from home. We'd be like, great. Sign me up. Let's let's start now. And for some people, it's it's not as glamorous as they had thought it would be. Probably because it's a necessity as opposed to what would have been a luxury a year ago. Um, yeah, I have a friend who um, she hasn't been to an office for her job since March or February, really. Um, and fortunately for her and for all the kids in that school district, her son um, is doing um virtual learning and the, uh, New Jersey decided that they were going <laughs> to New York, the New York, New Jersey area decided that they weren't going to send kids to school to schools and which made complete sense to me. Um, and she had already said, she was like, as long as I'm working from home, you know, my son's going to be with me. Uh, he's not going back to school. You know, he can do the virtual learning, learning here at home. Um, again, some kids just don't have access to that. Some, some, some parents, don't have the luxury to, to, to stay at home with their kids and let them do virtual learning because they got to go to work. 
you know, so, yeah, I'm just very thankful um, that, you know, I'm, I'm just thankful that I'm still here. <laughs> I'm thankful that my loved ones are still here. I'm thankful that my friends um, who, you know, anyone knows me, they know if I call you my friend, you're my family, too. I love you just the same. Um, I'm glad that those people closest to me are still here, um, even though some of them are struggling. Uh, some of them have experienced loss uh, due to COVID and due to other things as well. Um, just looking back at 2020, so many things like it's it. I keep thinking about Kobe Bryant and, you know, how that's how the year somewhat started off. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. 2020 has been a year. Um, and I just I just want to send, you know, mad love. To everybody listening, you know, positive energy, great vibes. Um, however way you can or figure out, let's just get through the rest of this year. Hopefully 2021 um, will see some changes on a lot of fronts, um, but especially with um, with with COVID and and with these um just the attack on black and brown bodies, you know, um, can't honestly say that I'm sure <laughs> 2020 will be different when it comes to that. Uh, 2021 will be different when it comes to that. I wish I could, I wish I could feel conviction within myself to know that all the work that, you know, these young people, they, you know, they've come out in force and protesting, uh, along with, you know, our generation and, and, and some individuals from my parents' generation, you know, across the country, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we, we've seen everyone uh, from everywhere, you know, kind of get in step as far as saying, you know what, listen, it's time for this stuff to end. It's time for racism to be gone. Um, it would just be a shame to see all the work that these individuals have been doing um, and not see any real change. Uh, so that's what, that's what I'm hoping for, for 2021. Um, but more than anything else, I want everyone who has struggled through 2020. Uh, if, if you need to talk to someone, please do. Um, I know that's not an easy thing to do because it's something that's not easy for me at all, uh, which is probably why, <laughs> you know, uh, podcasting is kind of my thing because you, you kind of get to just speak your mind for a little bit um, into a microphone and, and hope that it's constructive for others when they decide to listen to it. But I just want, you know, family, friends, my people, you know, just hold on. Um, just let's 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 do what we can uh, to, to, to get through the rest of this year. And again, if you if you need to talk to someone, please do. Um, if it's a friend, family member, you know, just talk to them. And, and I encourage everyone, um, if you know someone who's struggling, um, just reach out to them. You know, you don't have to get in a business. You know, you, you don't have to uh, 21 question them. You know, just let them know you care. Let them know you're there for them. 
um, it, it goes a long way. It goes a longer way than you probably can imagine. Um, and if you can't imagine it, it's probably because, you know, someone did the same thing for you. So I encourage everyone who's listening to to check on your friends. And, and, and you know, if you need to talk to someone, definitely do that. We are literally all in this together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It may not seem that way. Um, it may seem that, you know, people are picking sides on a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, we really, we really are in this together. Um, so I want to thank everyone for listening. Once again, this is the Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo featuring Max Lit. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope to be posting uh, these podcasts very soon. And I look forward to recording more content for you guys as long as you're listening. So thanks again. Peace.